I just want to welcome you to the Made for More podcast. I am back with Josh. What is going on? And uh, I'm excited about getting into today's uh, podcast from last week's message. Yeah. But before we do, we have a quick announcement. Yes, we have Scent Sunday coming up. We're really mm-hmm. excited for this. And we have plastered all the billboards everywhere. So hopefully you've already heard about this a little bit. But basically this coming Sunday, so um, two days from now, we're all meeting together at our East Fishers location. There's two Sunday morning services. You can choose one. Or if you just really want to be an overachiever, you can come to yeah. both. But they're the same thing. Yep. Uh, 9 and 10, 50, or uh, 1030. And then we're coming back together in the evening at 5 p.m. to share a meal and really strategize. That's not so much a service, a little more like us getting together and just sharing about evangelism. But we're excited to see you there. Yeah, come. It'll be really good. Just a morning. Uh, Man, praying for God to do what only he can do. Yeah, it's going to be good. I think it will be good. So this uh, podcast today, we're going to be talking, uh, kind of continuing the conversation from Sunday, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6. Um, but it's the it's the section actually four through eight is the whole section of scripture. But we went in close on the love always protects and always trusts. Mm-hmm. And so, what does it mean to protect or to cover another? We talked right. about that on Sunday, and I want to continue that conversation. Right. Uh, not so much addressing a question from Sunday, but continuing the conversation, the big picture mm-hmm. conversation. And so um, one of the phrases that kind of went around, that I kind of wrapped around this idea of always protects, always trusts, especially the protect part, is we are carrying, helping carry the difficulties of another. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to carry the difficulties of another? And there's a lot of little pieces that tie into that. So like um, there are people that um, they have, people that just leech off them so much. I mean, right. they're, they're carrying so much of another yeah. person that the another, that the other person doesn't really take personal ownership or right. engage or grow. Yep. And, um, so you could, you could definitely swing this pendulum so far that it becomes unhealthy, mm-hmm. um, that way. Uh, and then the other side too, is maybe you have a family with kids that are doing really well. Right. And so you've got, you're older, you've got two children, you've got a great investment portfolio. One child is a doctor and the next one's a lawyer. And you're like, yeah. Hey, I provided for my family. Right. This is awesome. Right. Um, and so if you have very little and you feel totally drained by a situation or somebody really needy, um, or you have a whole lot what does it mean to carry the load of another, carry the difficulties of right. another? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the framework that I initially comes to my mind is um, thinking responsibility. So like we know that God is asking us to do the things that um, we're responsible for directly. So um, he's given us some things that we haven't chosen, like our families that we're in, um, when we have a nuclear family, wife, kids, those things, those are responsibilities that we've taken on. And so we know that that's God's will for us to um, bear with those people, for us to, um, yeah, commit to help them and walk alongside them. And then we think of responsibilities that we have taken on, like close friendships or accountability groups or our church community. Like that's a, a responsibility we've taken on. So we know we can think kind of through that lens that, we yeah. know God wants us to take responsibility in areas where we have commitment. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I do, if you don't know, it's so like if you're listening to this, I think the first thing is probably taking a pulse of your heart. So you're thinking carrying the load of another. Right. If the first thing that kind of washes over you is carry the load of another, I am right. exhausted. 
um, I have been helping my really needy, you know, cousin or friend or aunt or mother, and they're constantly pulling at me and constantly draining. And I feel like I'm barely surviving. Uh, Just be aware of whatever, just the posture of your own heart. When you first hear, carry the load of another. Um, if the posture of your own heart is like, oh no, I got to protect me and my own. Yeah. I don't want to let another person in, yeah. or I'm afraid I will become overwhelmed. Right. I'm not necessarily overwhelmed yet, but I'm afraid I will be. Yeah. Um, I just think it's real important to just begin this and go, what is the posture of your heart? Right. Is it is the posture of your heart really one where it is like, I need to hoard mm-hmm. a fear and scarcity? Yeah. Um, so like I'm afraid or scarcity, yeah. or I am already in want and drained. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just be aware of the posture of your yeah. own heart. And I do think for people that they're, they're hit with strong emotion one way or another right. in this statement, probably the first thing to do, um, you can listen to the rest of this podcast, yeah. but the first thing to do is probably seek godly counsel. Yeah. Um, go sit down uh, with a really passionate, solid Christian counselor. Yeah. Pastoral counseling could even do this well. And just lay out your unique situation. Mm-hmm. And let somebody with godly wisdom speak into it. Right. Um, so that would be my first thought. Yeah. Is just be aware of your of where you're at right now. Your heart. If it's super emotional in one yeah. camp side, whatever. You can listen to the rest of this. That's fine. But really, what you probably ought to do is seek Christian counseling. Yeah. Somebody that you could be honest with about your situation. Um, I'm totally drained. I've bailed my brother out of jail 25 yeah. times yeah. and he's back in jail again. And I'm yeah. literally out of money. I've poured out my, yeah. what does help him actually yeah. look like now? Seek yeah. wise counsel. Yeah. The kind of maybe um, equation that it, it, what it looks like in my brain, I guess, is as people re- ask from us, as people want something from us, we maintain our personal like decisions so like uh, people don't necessarily have the right to make our decisions for us, but we also want our decisions to be generous and yeah. to be loving. That's right. And so if we can maintain those two things that I, I get the decision, yeah. you know, another person is not making my decisions for me. I do have a level of responsibility that God has given me. And then also I want to use that to be charitable. If we can maintain those two things, I think that helps us because sometimes in these unhealthy areas, it's when either we are um, not wanting to be charitable and loving or someone may be trying to take our own decision away from us. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. And, uh, and, And you have to remember that our ability to choose to participate has been the human story since that's right the tree of knowledge of good and evil was in the garden God given yep. yep and so even before sin was in the world the freedom to choose it was yes yep um the tree was in the garden and so it is important uh that that you maintain the ability yeah. to choose to participate yes. or not but it's equally important as a follower of god yeah. that you choose to act in generosity yes so yeah the frame of this whole conversation we're talking about is how we can like protect other people how we can cover other people and we're kind of drawing a line here for how it stays healthy that's right is that you know we maintain our ability to choose that and we choose generosity that's right because sometimes it's hard to tell where we should engage or where we shouldn't that's really good and you it's important for us to also acknowledge you can't help everybody yeah but you should be helping somebody. What's the, there's the story of the uh, starfish oh, on yeah, the seashore, yeah, yeah. you know. The, all across the, yeah. yeah, there's a kid picking one up. There's like hundreds of them and throwing it in. 
And then this uh, old guy comes by and says, you can't help all of them. Like, what are you doing? And he said, throws one in and says, help that one. Yeah, that's right. And there, there, I, that's right. There is this individual piece to that. You can't help everybody, but you should be helping somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think that there are some people, so this whole like balance personal health thing is real. And there is abuse that can happen in this. But on the same hand, when you think of like the biblical example, some of these biblical examples are people giving right. until they get to the point where it's like, God, only your provision is going to give me yes. the ability to keep going. Yeah, and the, in my brain, I could always be wrong, but in my brain, the distinction there is um, like Paul says, decide in your own heart what you want to give. And, and he's referencing generosity there. So like we decide in our own hearts, I do want to do this, and I do want to be an example of Jesus to an extreme extreme degree here. Yeah. And as we do that, we are participating in the kingdom of God at a great degree. Yeah. I And like, so if you are leaning into generosity, and you are leaning into generosity in a way, I mean, I think of the Pilgrim's Progress, the book, yeah. Worldly Wisdom. Yeah, right. And uh, so you're leaning into generosity in a way that worldly wisdom says that's too far. Right. Right. So right. the, it, the, and, and it's, it's irresponsible, it's irresponsible yeah. right? Um, first of all, it's not that worldly wisdom is always wrong, right? but the primary heart behind worldly yeah. wisdom is not correct. Yeah, that's right. And so um, if you are leaning into generosity and you're leaning into generosity to a point where, I mean, it costs you everything. Right. Um, and, and you end up... I mean, generosity to maybe a people group on the other side of the world, and yeah. you end up going there and serving, and yeah. and you end up dying yes. on the mission field or whatever, right? right? Yeah. Um, if you lean that far and it costs you everything, I think in our desire to want to live charitable, I do think that in the end, God will look on grace, yeah. with grace on that, yeah. on that for sure. Yeah. And I think the heart that is always leaning into fear and scarcity, right. I think is leaning away from the heart of God. Yeah. Right? Though there may be times and and a good Christian counseling can help you yeah. in your unique situation. So yeah. if you are enabling your drug addicted brother to keep living drug right. addicted because right. you keep bailing him out, right. um, there may be times it is actually most generous. Right. To keep what's enabling that person walking right, in sin draw from some kind them. Of boundary. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. that's where you would seek godly counsel. Yeah, that's right. At the end of the day, the primary desire is not the favor of the individual on you. It's that individual being able to connect as healthy as possible with right. God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so to think through that is is wise. That's right. Yeah. And and talking with good, godly Christian counselor, yeah. pastoral counseling even can help, help you unpack some of that. Uh, and then the other thing I would say too is you're not always going to get it right. Yeah. Um, there are going to be times your generosity, you're driving down the road and you feel led in your heart to give a resource to somebody yes. on the side of the road, yeah. and they very well might use it in a wrong way. Yeah. Uh, but I think how they use it before God yeah. is one thing, yep. and your faithfulness to be generous is another thing. Yeah. They do overlap like a Venn diagram, but there are two things at play here. And mm-hmm. in our modern world, worldly wisdom, to use right. that, you know, right. Pilgrim's Progress metaphor, you can self-justify never being generous. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I love that you bring up worldly wisdom because the wisdom of the world is often trying to seek what is fair and to say, you know, protect that you get what you deserve. And 
actually grace is not fair and mercy is only mercy if it's not obligated, right. you know, and the other person doesn't deserve it. So a lot of these things in the kingdom of God, they're only kingdom of God attributes when they actually are unfair yeah. and they are like beyond what we should do. Right. So when we're only seeking counsel from, you know, maybe it's a blog or it's a secular counselor or whatever right. it is, and they're giving us worldly wisdom, they might be trying to teach us how to protect our rights yeah. and how to get what we deserve and things like that. And that's not all bad if we maybe don't know how to have any boundaries or things like that. But to participate in kingdom mercy is to actually do something that's unfair or to give grace to somebody and actually absorb the debt that they owe you is not fair. Yeah, the love always protects, First Corinthians 13, that section of scripture there, the love always protects literally has this idea of I'm going to carry yes. the weight yes. of whatever void. Yes. So if the void is an intellectual deficit, yes. an emotional deficit, yes. uh, 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 even a brokenness deficit, right. like I did something wrong and right. I need somebody to help cover. Right. Um, but the goal in that, contextually then, mm-hmm. is you are acting in a way that would hopefully draw them closer to God. Yes. So it doesn't always mean free handout, right. but it does mean your intentional intervention for their spiritual formation. Yeah, when Timothy Keller talks about forgiveness in that way, he says all true forgiveness is costly because we are absorbing it. We are yeah. absorbing a debt that we realize we actually can't extract from the other person. Yeah. We can't do that anyway. So we absorb it, and therefore it costs something from us. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 right. Um, and so I, I, we were talking before the podcast, and I mean, whether it's, you know, the story of Ruth, or it's, I mean, like you go through, there's a whole bunch yeah. of biblical ones, but the one that we kind of landed on that I liked is the, is the Luke 10, um, where you have the... I mean, just this a wonderful illustration, I think, of uh, you know, of the 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 parable here. Uh, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. Yeah. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side and said, "So too a Levite when he, and passed on the other side. So too a Levite when he came right. to." Uh, came to the place and saw him passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and uh, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. And then this this awesome question by Jesus, uh, which of these three do you think was the was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? Mm. And um, it was the Samaritan, you know, right. the 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 person that you would least expect to be generous right. was the one that was acting in alignment with what a good neighbor is. Right. So we will need to act in ways that cost. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some cool context there even is like, I think the priest that walked by, like he's probably going to sacrifice to God, which is to worship. He's doing something important. Yeah. If he was to help the man, if the man's bleeding at all or something like that, he actually would be defiled. He wouldn't be allowed to worship. So it's like Jesus is really brilliant in pitting two kinds of worship almost against each other. Like what is more charitable that he would help this person 
or that he would be able to participate in this way. It's 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 really interesting. It's yeah. brilliant. And the Good Samaritan, of course, of Jesus is this masterful storyteller, mm-hmm. where instead of just like directly attacking the the questioner, right. um, he lays out this illustration with two competing goods. Right. 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 Which is what exactly you're talking yes. about. And the first competing good is um, you have a man that's hurt and you have a priest that's on mission. Right. Um, the priest isn't merely saying, I don't like you. Right. But the idea behind it, many scholars think, is that the priest, like you said, is on is on mission. Yeah. But the greater good is the act of charity. Yeah. Yeah. In the moment, the greater yeah. good is the act of charity. Yeah. And then even after he says to the innkeeper, you know, it's like, I think he gives him money and then he says put it on my tap, you know, whatever he needs. I'm obviously paraphrasing there. But it's like whatever he needs, take care of him and I'll pay for it, which is beyond what is required, you know. He's he's moving into generosity, mercy. Yeah. The the two things that come into my mind for this are, one, with my kids and even with the church, uh, the way I've just been saying this kind of stuff a lot uh, as of late is God guarantees— there are very little guarantees in life, but yeah. God guarantees that we will all have ample opportunity to practice charity, yeah. doing good to a person independent yeah. of their ability to reciprocate. Right. In fact, purposely, God will allow yeah. us to have the opportunity to practice charity purposely in situations where the person yeah. cannot yeah. make it up to you. Yeah. Um, and so, like, those things are going to come. Yeah. And so, like, the question that uh, that I would throw out is, again, you you can't you can't save everybody. Right. Right. But you ought to be carrying the, helping carry the load of yeah. somebody. Right. And so the question is, who's on your tab? Yeah. Yep. Um, at the end of the day, who's on your tab mm-hmm. um, that you are carrying the load for? Yeah. You won't always get it right. Yeah. There might be times that you're so generous that it can create some enabling, mm-hmm. seek wisdom and counsel. Right. And there might be times where you're withholding right. too much. You need to offer more, you know, be faithful to keep yeah. giving. But what we see in this text is even with the competing goods right. of the letter of the law, Jesus prefers the charitable act. Yeah. 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 And it, so like a cool view of prayer that one of my friends, David Thomas talks about is the idea of like a cloche. Like if you have, um, if you have a plant and you put it in a glass container is like a cloche can can keep a small plant alive because it's you know it's helping maintain moisture until it's strong enough until its roots are strong enough and this is part of what we do like thinking of you know put it on my tab this is what we do for other believers and especially younger believers and other people in the faith is we cloche them in prayer so that we kind of put a protection around them and 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 pray god give me wisdom and how to act my prayers yeah and then also divinely intervene in ways that would protect their faith and ways that would strengthen their roots right and i think that's kind of how it works in god's kingdom is we're always cloching the people kind of like um in positions around us and i'm going to say below to use like a hierarchy yeah. like our kids and things yeah. like that and as the higher up in authority that we are, the more we're praying for these people and kind of providing that covering like you're that's right. like you're talking about for them. You know, and I, that's good. And I think the potential rebuttals that pop into my mind, um, people might bring up the text, you know, where it's you know, basically we have to leave father, mother, brother, son to right. follow Jesus. Right. Um, and uh, let's just pause and remember 
context, this is a complicated section of scripture, maybe more so than we even realize on first reading because of the cultural differences. Yeah. So it's not uncommon at that time in history for the man of the house to dictate the religion of the family. Right. And so uh, if the father, the male, the alpha male of the home says, we are going to be whatever Roman variant of, yeah. um, or are going to be Christian, like they yeah, set the tone. Bail. Yeah. That's right. Um, they set the tone for the home. And so the first idea is, no, your faith is, is it is personal to you. I mean, the tree yes. was in the garden. Yep. Um, there aren't, the way I've heard modern pastors say it is there's no grandchildren in heaven, right? <laughs> That's like, right. You, we all get to wrestle through this. Yes. And so abandoning, when it, when it doesn't talk about abandoning as in not responsible for your family, yes. but it does say you are responsible for your own decisions. Yeah. You don't just do the religion yes. of your... Uh, and then the second part of this too that's important historically, contextually, mm-hmm. is uh, even like jobs. So if you are a shoemaker, you right. would grow up you know, learning the trade of your dad and become a shoemaker yeah. or a fisherman or uh, I guess it would be sandal maker or tent maker yeah. or yeah. whatever. Um, and so as followers of God, you might take on a, a religion that's not your father's. Right. Um, and you might even be called to a mission that's not your family's. Yes. It does not mean that you are now not responsible for your family at all. Yes. Yeah, the the way I've heard it best described is differ- differentiating personal from individual. Our faith is deeply personal. Yeah. And God relates to us deeply personally, and spiritual practices and disciplines are deeply personal but they're never individual. Yeah. So we are saved as a part of a body. You know, we yeah. are a body, but our salvation is deeply personal. Yeah, that's right. God speaks to us personally, but it's never individual. Yeah, that's good, man. And I and I so that that's one rebuttal is the misunderstanding of that text, which Yeah. That's good. No no condemnation. The truth is we have we have, you know, a few thousand years between us and them. <laughs> right. And not just yeah. linguistic, you know, distance, yeah. but even, you know, historical contextual uh, you know, distance there. Yeah. Uh, another another rebuttal just kind of circles back to the opening, which is the person listening to this that's just you know been absolutely enabling, right? And um, and others maybe see it in them, or they're beginning to see it in mm-hmm. themselves, and they're thinking that I need to now stop being charitable. Right. I just want to hit pause and say, right. charity does not necessarily mean giving people what they want. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, permission. That's right. Yeah. Ultimate charity is acting in ways that will help the individual yeah. understand, know uh, God better. Yeah. It's bringing that's God's right. kingdom into this world. Yeah. That is ultimate charity. Yes. And so it might be more charitable yes. if you are enabling somebody to stop enabling. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean stop praying for and stop yes. caring. Yeah. Um, it might mean not giving them money, but saying, hey, if you want resources, you have to go right. to this rehab. Yes. Yeah, there are boundaries that can lead to better relationship. That's right. Not yeah. that are supposed to be kind of a, uh, maybe an inhibitor of relationship. That's right. But that could lead to a more healthy, God-honoring love. That's you know? right. Um, yeah, that's really good. And then I, I guess kind of the, the last thing that pops in my mind with this whole idea of talking through carrying another, helping carry mm-hmm. the needs of another. There is a beautiful, uh, like even in a church family, right? Like you don't have to help carry the load of another who's suffering necessarily. Like the church ought to be people. If you are naturally gifted with finance, 
right. make that available right. to other people who yeah. aren't as gifted in that yeah, area, yeah. even yeah. if they're not a total mess. Yeah. Right. If you're really gifted in studying the word and yeah. the, I mean, you offer that gift back to the yes. family of God. Yeah to people that don't have that unique gift. Yes. If you're really gifted with hospitality and you're yeah. made that way, you help create an environment to yeah. cover those who aren't as hospitable. And so don't only think of this acting charitable only to the people that are just an absolute muck and mire, though that does matter yeah. a ton before yeah. the Lord, but also think of it as a state of living open-handed. Yeah. Yeah. with everybody that you're worshiping with. Yeah. And so you are willing to receive the person who has gifts that you're not as gifted mm-hmm. in, and you're offering the unique gifting that you have. Yeah. And so one of the things that comes to my mind with the always protects, always trusts requires presence. Mm-hmm. You have to be involved. Yeah, You have to, I mean, especially in the Christian community, which this was written to, you have to be in, in a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Come, show up, participate. Use your gifting for that community in a way that lifts them up and receive the gifting of others. Right. And uh, and together, not just individually, but even corporately, you become better hands and feet of yeah. Christ. Yeah. Um, and so the last thing I would just say is it is a generosity, but it is also a choosing to participate mm-hmm. in community yeah. um, when it comes to the greater worship too. So yes, last, lost, least, yeah. I'm not dismissing that at all. Yeah. Um, but then there's also the the other piece of this. And I think of that too, even like in a family, like homes are much healthier when a husband doesn't take everything from the wife and the yeah. child, uh, but can see the unique gifting in a wife yeah. and can see the unique things in a child and even gives children opportunity to practice helping lift the loads in homes. Yeah. It just makes the home way healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the last thing. Always protects, always trusts. You're not just helping the last loss and least, though that definitely matters. Yeah. But it is a state of living open-handed within the community of believers. Yeah, that's good. Then it's kind of the Holy Spirit who directs, who offers things, yeah, and who even uh, gives gifts to people that need them at the right time and the right place to offer to the community. So he's kind of orchestrating what he wants in his family. Yeah, we are the ones, the Holy Spirit comes alongside us, Yeah, and we become the ones that come alongside each other too. Yes. That's and, awesome. Uh, and it can become beautiful. So who is on your tab? Yeah, that's good. Who are you covering? Yeah. yeah. Who's on Who's on your tab? Okay. Thank you so much for listening in. Man, we love you guys a ton. Hope you have a wonderful week. And um, know we deeply appreciate you. And we will see you on Scent Sunday in just a couple days. That's right. All right. We'll see you.